Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is the audio version of the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown review. You can watch the video version and take part in a future episode at patreon.com forward slash Cultaholic. Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown. It's the 29th of March. A space odyssey. The overall law 2001. Here says pure and simple. This is number one in the UK singles charts. Banger. Whilst Eva Cassidy's Songbird is number one in the album charts. Uh, Miss Congeniality is number one in the UK box office. So clearly a, uh, a wonderful time we're in. Sandra Bullock in one of her finest roles. If you say so. Don't even say speed. Channel 5 attracts its largest audience to date as 5.5 million viewers. Tune in to watch the World Cup qualifying match against uh, England and Albania. <laughs> 5.5 viewers. <laughs> <laughs> and black and white is the big game this week. Uh, oh. As in, it doesn't matter if you're black or white. Peter Molyneux will screw you out of money regardless. It was a good game though. When it black and white. It was. It was a good game. But none of that matters this week. It never matters any week, if we are being completely honest. But nothing else matters this week. Because, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown Review. I am Mafu. This is Tom. Hello. This is not just the Smackdown before WrestleMania X7, which was considered to be at least top-tier WrestleMania, if not the greatest WrestleMania of all time. But it's also the week... Tom, where something big happens. It certainly is the week that something big happens. It is indeed the week that I finished a very important piece of coursework when I was at college. What was it? Uh, it was a media studies uh, video where we had to shoot uh, a scene from a movie using multiple camera angles. And uh, I think we got a B in it. Which is quite another very proud. Oh yeah, also the week that the WWF bought WCW. Dun 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 in our timeline. The year of our Lord 2001. We reached a, 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 an incredible moment in wrestling this week on the classic SmackDown review. What a ride we have been on Matthew Gregg for the past what? How long have we done this now? Ooh. Two years? Over 80 episodes yeah. now. We are we are we are barreling towards episode 100 of the classic SmackDown review. And we have reached a, a, an amazing moment in not just the history of this particular review podcast, but the history of wrestling full stop. Mm. Like, everything was different after this particular week. And we teased it last week with... Um, are we, am I just going to roll straight into... You might as well. The wrestling We're going to the hubbub. 
later on because this is Hop this is love. one of these. <laughs> was he was, was he one of the Muppets? Who am I, love? Was it one of the rejected tellies of me? Tinky Winky, Dipsy, La La Poe, and Hubbelub. That was Matthew Mispronson, Hubbelub. 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 Hubbelub and Hubbelub. Please, somebody write a children's book called Hubbelub and Hubbelub. You might as well get onto it. Oh, yeah, don't let anything get in your way, Tom. Don't mind me <sighs> mispronouncing words. Nah, it's fine. We will get to the Hubbelub. Because I imagine a lot of people listening to this, they may have not even appreciate the fact that uh, living so long, maybe in the last few years of AW, but there's been a, a one-party system in terms mm. of American wrestling, pretty much. A monopoly. Yeah. No, 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 don't that. No, it's not a monopoly. How dare you say that? They've got the um, the Wrestling Observer reports to prove that is not true. <laughs> um, yeah, so Matthew is going to talk us through a very important episode of SmackDown very shortly. Mm. It is the final SmackDown, the final WWF show, we're not counting Sunday Night Heat, before WrestleMania X7. Like, the biggest WrestleMania. Like the, in, the history books have been incredibly kind to WrestleMania, and rightly so, WrestleMania X7. Um, it stands the test of time as one of the best WrestleManias. It really does. I don't believe you. We'll have to watch it next week and just we to will make sure. do. And a little, a little spoiler on next week. Uh, next week, because we, if this is the first time you found us, hello. Uh, so we watch every episode of SmackDown from the very beginning, and we we talk about each episode week by week and stuff that was happening in the news this week. And there's a lot of that. Uh, but then when we get to pay per views, we'll do a watch along. So we will put the show on and we'll offer an alternative commentary. But WrestleMania X Seven deserves a little extra, uh, a little extra hubbub. So what we decided is that will be the day that once again we get all the classic review shows together. So next week, WrestleMania weekend. Right. How we we haven't planned that. We have not planned it to land on WrestleMania weekend. Oh, could Tom been all humble? It's true, we never did. Like, because we've taken random weeks off and stuff like that. It is just by sheer luck, the universe has made it so WrestleMania X7, the watch along presentation from the Cold Dollar Classic SmackDown Review, happens during WrestleMania weekend. So if you haven't got enough wrestling to watch over the weekend, next weekend, you can watch uh, WrestleMania X7 with us. And who is us? Who be we? It'd be myself. It'd be Matthew Gray from the Classic SmackDown Review. It'd be Sam Driver from the Classic Nitro Review. And it'd be Jack Atkins, Jackins, Jack Jackins from the Classic Raw Review. Crisis on Infinite Arseholes 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> it brings it Electric Bugalug. Electric Bugalugs is brought to your ears next week here on the Cultaholic Podcast feed. But that is next week, Matthew Greg. That is next week. Mm. Let's get into this. The big news story this particular week in the wrestling, this particular bloody week in the wrestling, the WWF has purchased World Championship Wrestling. A press release went out. Uh, the day after SmackDown last week uh, regarding this this uh, this landscape-changing purchase, and Dave Meltzer goes into great detail in the Wrestling Observer this week. The purchase of World Championship Wrestling by WWF Entertainment this past week, combined with the ending of all wrestling programming on the Turner Networks, changes the entire landscape of pro wrestling forever. The final Nitro opened with Vince McMahon addressing the audience after purchasing the company Lock, Stock, and Barrel. And then Vince McMahon appearing and going, what is defeat, defeat, defeat? Of WCW. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm genuinely curious. And he answered me seconds later. <laughs> the fate of WCW. 
is in my hands. And he showed his hands. I love and, that uh, line because it proper stays with you. Like the, yeah. and, and you could tell that Vince like loved every moment of starting Nitro with my Dude, they have to film him from the waist up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he God. could have brought Linda back from the dead. <laughs> Have I told you on Nitro that... I like that bit on Nitro where Tony went, I can't believe that Vince is here. What with the death of his wife? <laughs> well, that's dead. She's dead too. He's going to buy that. Uh, Nitro, like Linda, is dead. <laughs> Nitro, undead. <laughs> the final Nitro so it opens with that scene, beautifully described by Matthew Gregg. The final <laughs> moments of Nitro... Uh, see Shane McMahon appearing to uh, announce that he has purchased the yeah. company, furthering the story from Vince McMahon. But you know what the final, the final thing was on Nitro? Yeah, the it was. It's Tony Schiavone going, Shane McMahon, what are you, you doing here? here? <laughs> it was that. It was that Flair and Sting hugging. No, no. Even after that, the final, the final thing we see on Nitro. Oh, I know what it was. It was Road Dog going, "Hey, I thought I'd apply for." <laughs> Oh, <laughs> booker. It was Road Dog walking in, taking his hat off, <laughs> spinning <laughs> back around, his hat back Do- on. Doing the shaky knees all the way out. The final thing on Nitro awesome. is a video promoting Austin versus The Rock this Sunday. <laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> I forgot about that. The final thing on Nitro, <laughs> the years that ran up against WCW, WCW, ran up against WWF, the final image is a My Way video for Rock and Austin. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, so as the storyline goes, obviously, you know, we see it play out. Vince McMahon had the WCW deal. He wanted Ted Turner to walk down the <laughs> ramp at WrestleMania <laughs> to deliver the contract. Shane McMahon swoops in there and wants to bring WCW back to prominence, buy the com- buys the company from under his dad's nose. And to interrupt quickly, and he does say, Ted Turner begged me to yeah. buy the company. <laughs> he came close to. So Ted Turner's like, who, Vince, who? Anyway, in, in the real world, uh, WWF was hopeful to finalize a TNN television deal to run Nitro under the WWF banner. They were very close to getting a deal struck for a WCW show weekly on Saturday nights, late Saturday nights. However, by the time that Raw had rolled around, they hadn't signed on the dotted line with the deal, so they couldn't announce officially a mm. comeback yet. Your, nor had they struck a deal by the time SmackDown had aired either, so they couldn't announce anything then either. Um, so, but they were, the, they were hopeful that they could announce very soon after WrestleMania that WCW would be restarting... That'll get reported a lot yeah. for the next few weeks. Anyway. Eric Bischoff always felt, according to Dave, that even if he was unable to get control of WCW, he could get back his in place and start a company from scratch because there is enough talent that isn't going to go to WWF to build a promotion with. And then, and as and history will say that he was correct. Uh, however, the big thing is the lack of TV deal. Uh, and that was the thing that, that ended WCW was once um, Jamie Kellner said no to WCW television, uh, going for forward on Nitro, they just went, well, we, there's nothing here. Like the fact that WWF, which is the, the only game in town, is having to really, really barter and bargain with TNN, a company they work with and make a lot of money with. <clears throat> the fact they're having to really barter with them to get another TV deal. And that's the WWF. That shows you how in the mud wrestling is at this point in terms of national cable and network um, relevancy. Right. It's a far cry from 98 and 99, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, 
and it's also uh, Jamie Kellner, uh, known as the American Greg Dyke. <laughs> he truly bloody well is. Not a lot of people know that. <laughs> Big thank you to, um, which TV show? Was it Alistair McGowan who taught us that Greg Dyke sounded like God, Michael that, that, That's the impression I'm My getting name as well. Is Greg Dyke. I'm Greg Dyke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not a lot of people know that. <laughs> I don't know why he decided that Greg Dyke was Michael Caine. If you know, you know. If you don't, I only know that impression. I've no idea what Greg Dyke sounds like. So as I'm concerned, it's like, I'm Greg Dyke. He's in Get, get Greg. <laughs> Which is also uh, an instruction in Newcastle for when you're hungry. Please talk, please talk, Tom. <laughs> from, a w- <laughs> from a WWF standpoint, the key is to making this work. The key to making this work is the WCW. Is, is basically take WCW because in the eyes of the WWF and in the eyes of the world, WCW is shot to pieces. It's it's like a burnt out old car. So. WWF, Vincent Mann, they believe they've got to buy this product. They've got to then take it and build it up. And that involves bringing in some new talent to push out the mid card and moving some WWF guys over to WCW when that show starts on Saturday night to give it a little bit more oomph and relevancy. And relevancy. And the plan was going to be that down the line, once WCW had been rebuilt as a, a prosperous uh, brand within WWF, then you can do... The, the the dream matches the interpromotional war because there's a reason there's a reason why they're holding off on it as well which we'll get to um, in just a second uh, more from the observer first of all last year when WCW was first put on the market the negotiations ran into the hundreds of millions of dollars it did didn't it, it was like a lot of, there was a lot of potential dollars being thrown around yeah. it's like buying an NFT um, it's like Doctor Evil but with, with- Many companies have sold for way more than that. Oh, okay. $100 million. And then say, okay, fast forward a few years. Oh. Dr. Dr. Evil, the, the viewership's up its arse. Like, oh, 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 okay. So we go from hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, in, uh, early, by, by which point, sort of late 2000s, w, we've talked about this on and off on this very podcast. WWF was in the mix. To buy WCW, like mid to late 2000, there were conversations. But the big stopper was the television deal, which is quite a different way of looking at it. Because they were owned, because, you know, WWF had a contract with Viacom, right. so they couldn't put on a show on a rival network. Yeah. So they went, well, if we can't do that, then we won't. That would be a monopoly. <laughs> that would be a monopoly. Uh, however, the, the lack of TV deal. Uh, for WCW suddenly made it a more appealing product. Uh, multiple outlets have regarded the purchase of WWF, a purchase of WCW from WWF as a fire sale purchase. Yeah, it's interesting because I'm all right in saying that they got first refusal or first offer, which was one of the subsequent things of the lawsuit that WF said again. Hey, 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 wait, hang on. You having these guys on your brand saying, we're not from WWF, wink, wink. <laughs> hey, hang on, hey, 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 objection. So, all right, fine. One of the little things was, yeah, but if it's ever up for sale, we get, we want the first dibs. And this is why. Which is what is, which is like, okay, but the amount, Tom, how much was WCW sold for? This is amazing. This is why I like doing this with you, because you, you are on diff- in different sides of the country, you and I lived through this. <laughs> right. And it's great that, that we both have shared it and different memories from it. So you're right. So the, the purchase, the price, WWFE purchased the name and trademarks of WCW. 
the rights to the TV shows and the pay-per-views, so Nitro, Thunder, Bash of the Beach, Starcade, Slamboree, etc. The extensive videotape library that goes all the way back to like the 80s and maybe a little further back. I think yeah. there's some shady area about some NWA footage, but pretty much everything with WCW say, in front actually, of it is owned. I would like WWE. to know actually what they own and how far <clears throat> that goes back up to, because when WCW started being WCW, was debatable. But anyway, Karen. So the names, uh, the tape library, 24 contracts of lower paid talent, or oh, they've got talent there as well. 24 God. wrestlers as well. That's in that? Jesus. Yeah. For the grand total. Wow, of, must be loads of money, that. I mean, yeah, wow. Hundreds must of be thousands, worth loads. maybe. $2.4 million. I think Jericho and other wrestlers have said, if I knew it was going to be that small amount, we've all gotten together and bought it ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I must And what, a, what an absolute poo show that would have been. I mean... It would have been. <laughs> but I loved every minute of it. I but. must admit, like, if I was the age that I'm at now, when this was happening, and I was aware that WGW was up for sale for less than three million, I'd have probably given my bank a call <laughs> and just said, look, I don't know how good my credit rate it is, but <laughs> yeah. would you lend us a bit of cash? <laughs> there has been some umming and erring alleged a lot of that going to avoid any things like that. Um, yeah, it is mysteriously low how far that amount was and if there was any um, underhandedness in Ooh. how... Uh, I don't know, Jimmy Kellner or whoever it was that authorised the sale. I'm not sure if Jimmy Kellner did authorise the sale, but who it was, actually, I think it was somebody else. There's a lot into this. I remember one of the Titan Fallen or Titan Dying or... One of Justin Henry's books. One of Justin Henry's books. Um, goes into it and it is like... Hmm, did the guy who authorised this, did he just, I don't know, maybe just walk around with a brand new Jaguar or something like this, courtesy of a VK McMahon because of getting it this deal? Because it's also worth doing, it's almost like the fall of the Soviet Union, when it's like, yeah, at the same time they're going through the AOL Time Warner merger, people are just like, what's happening, what's happening? Oh, I can probably get you this very cheap, and no one's going to notice. Mm. There hasn't been any uproar. There hasn't been Ted Turner going, wait, how much? <laughs> you bastard there's been none of that no one's no one's, no one's my boy <laughs> no one's cared in the, the the business the industry anything like that that it was sold for that staggeringly low so yeah. maybe you are right though the, the alternative is yeah it was this this is worth nothing yeah some of the TV later deal. episodes in um late 2000 it didn't air for one week i forget the reason why and they aired like indiana jones 2 and it did a much better rating that's it and they were like Okay, this is worth nothing to us right now. 2.5 million, great. You can be as precious as you like about the wrestling. We are very precious about it. The whole business is built on it. But sometimes you have to go, yeah, out from an outsider's perspective, I think probably just sticking Indiana Jones on is a better option for getting people in. So great. I'm trying to see how much at the NWA paid to buy out the Universal World... Uh, Wrestling Federation, a.k.a. Bill Watts' territory. Well, I'll tell you, if you want to do that, I'll, I'll, I'll do a little bit more Please uh, do. deep diving. Um, and oh, Yeah, so the lack of TV deal was pretty much what did it. So uh, Time Warner, says Dave, would, have, would still have to fulfill remaining contracts as well as be re responsible for the outstanding lawsuits and make goods for Night Show and Thunder under 
performing in the ratings. Both Vince and Linda McMahon have said that they had no plans to do a 24-hour wrestling channel which would make use of the extensive video libraries of the WWF, the WCW, and presumably ECW, which they may have the rights to by the end of the month thanks to a deal with Paul Heyman. Uh, incidentally, a little later on in, in my notes, I picked up a little something about um, a WWF channel. Look, I mean, like, if you're on the Patreon, thank you for supporting us. Look how many pages of notes for this week. It's maddening. That's why we yeah, started. Yeah, the, the Patreon's going towards the printer bill. Yes, basically, all your Patreon money is, is buying us new Inca cartridges. Uh, yeah, so this is a, on the subject of like WWF and running a, a 24-hour channel. Uh, this week in the wrestling news, which is an, in, an interesting footnote, which gets forgotten about in a very busy week, WWF reached a deal with Sekani Incorporated. Now, they are going to handle the videotape archives of the WWF, ah, hmm. of WCW, and ECW. Uh, they're getting them ready for, quote, potential video on demand or internet broadcasts because uh, it's such a big job. They're going to get started on that now. According to an article in The Hollywood Reporter, Sakani Inc. plans to digitize the WWF video library dating all the way back to the 60s, which is largely at this point just to make pulling up footage a lot easier than having to search through thousands of hours in tape and film. The article has said that at this point, there's no specific plans for what they'll do with this footage other than when technology changes to digital, they will be ready. And that is probably why WWF were, 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 were nipping at uh, a sort of like streaming platforms and services because we, we, we in a few years time we'll have WWF 24/7 WWE 24/7 mm-hmm. which was the WWF 24-hour wrestling channel which they did and why the network was so robust mm. from the off because they started preparations for digital streaming in 2001 and a big part of that was to buy the tape library for uh, less than a cool 2 million <laughs> So well done yeah. lads it's the forward thinking there of Vince is quite impressive considering yeah how badly he's doing in other things, XFL. Uh, yeah, this is... Maybe the technology will change and then it'll be a bit quicker and be able to access this really quickly. It's like, we should digitize all this. And it, they did a thing on the W website back in the day where it showed they have all that stuff in one of those little... It looks like a secret underground lair that a Bond villain may hide in, waiting for Bond to show up. Where it's like, even in the event of like a volcano or earthquake, it will be protected. Wow. Original footage and all that. So like all in like video VHS is all logged and marked. Not even in VHS, but the some of them are like analog. Oh, like, like the spool reel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a media nerd. I know. I was like going, oh, mate, wait, are the hiring just to digitize and go through all yeah. this and go, this match happened at this? And I'm like, oh. I think if both of you and I, if you and I grew up in America, we'd probably be like VC junkies. You know, you have those videotape groups, like VT mm. clubs in American schools. We didn't really get those over here, but they got them over there. My people are like, look at my pre-cert copy of Anthropomorcus the Beast, and you're like, fantastic. I paid 800 quid for it. So, all right, have you seen the film yet? No? All right. <laughs> oh, yeah, you've got to enjoy the media as well. Yeah. Uh, back to this WCW show. Oh. Uh, Saturday night, it's 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. That's what they're hoping to sell to TNN. It's not an ideal time slot, but as we said, w- wrestling in general is on its ass. So they're struggling to sell. Uh, no start date finalized. Shane McMahon has told WCW wrestlers in Panama City to... Uh, ex- they expected- get off my property. Get- oh, yeah, get off my land. They expected to get on there in the next six to eight weeks. So WWF are keen to get some WCW programming on TNN very soon. Meltzer makes a really good point here, saying it'd be far more beneficial to try and work out a deal with MTV to air WCW because he is doing nothing. And that's a really valid point. Putting WCW on on a Sunday night on that MTV slot instead of Sunday Night Heat. 
I had a think that's a great idea. They didn't, though. Um, as something of an attempt to positively spin the fact that even TNN don't want another wrestling show in prime time, Vince McMahon was telling people in Cleveland that at the time, he, the time slot was to allow them to go head to head with Saturday Night Live as revenge. <laughs> as revenge for Lorne Michaels dissing the XFL. I, this, oh this, my this, God. This whole thing is so rich. <laughs> with every, I've never heard that before. It's just so good. It's just like it's this this week has got everything. It's got massive purchases. It's got Vince McMahon pettiness. It's got Vince McMahon genius. It's got all things this week in the wrestling. It's so great because we were watching the Dark Side of the Ring episode of the UWF, and is that bit where Herb goes to see Vince, and I, I can promote on the West Coast, and Vince is like this nothing promoter who's never promoted before. Like, okay, <laughs> good luck. And after getting blown off by him. He's like, you're my sworn nemesis. I'm going to hold the belt. And it says UWF on either side. So it looks like I'm saying F you and I hold the belt. That's for you. And Vince is like, you talking to me? <laughs> like, that's what Lorne Michaels is to Vince now. Like, ah, I'll show you. I'll do this. And I'm like, what? It's either that or Vince. Saturday Night Live you're going to mess with? Yeah, why would you mess with uh, like, the, the biggest show? Like, oh, oh, gosh. Well, everyone's going to watch WCW immediately. That brand that WWF shot down for years yeah. Watch that as a Saturday Night Live. That's another issue that we'll get on to the next few weeks. Uh, yeah. Let's stay with this meeting in Cleveland. So Vince McMahon talked extensively about um, the WCW purchase in Cleveland. Uh, he uh, Talking about the purchase, he told the wrestlers that nobody needed to worry because uh, when it comes to contracts and money. Vince told the existing WWF talent that grosses would be bigger than ever. Everyone would make more money than ever when they got the interpromotional matches underway. He also said they would be, as we said earlier, rebuilding WCW to be an equal of the WWF to get the feud ready. Um, because here's the other thing, is that the way they've hired a big bunch of wrestlers, but there are so many that they can't get their hands on right now. Because, cleverly, yeah. some of the heavy hitters in WCW didn't sign contracts with WCW. Oh. They signed contracts with Turner. Yeah. So Turner is paying those contracts until they expire. So the option is for Vince McMahon to, go to, to upset the apple cart with his existing guys and pay millions to get Kevin Nash and Sting and Hulk Hogan over. Um, or just wait it out and let those contracts run out and then make them an offer. Um, but you lose that immediate impact of the big hitters of WCW. Yeah. So for those who always did wonder why there wasn't an immediate, like, why why the invasion wasn't as big as it could have been, pay-per-view that's down the line. We'll talk about that soon. That's why. In case you didn't know. Yeah. Well, Kevin Nash summed it up nicely. He says, like, well, hmm, go on the road. Get hurt, bust my ass, and hopefully my my downside at least, and then maybe make half a mil if I'm lucky, or sit my ass, smoke weed, and watch TV all day and make two million a year. <laughs> what do you think I did? And they, that was pretty much how everybody felt. Um, who was some of those heavy hitters? The only one that didn't think that way. There's uh, two of them. Well, there's one oh, of them right now. Oh, yeah. there's one of them right now. But certainly, but um, oh, well, actually, we will. Um, We'll touch on that in a little bit. So let's go to uh, looking back on the last episode of Night. Oh, no, oh. I tell a lie. Decisions. Uh, oh, no, that bit. I'll delete that bit because I've uh, I, basically I made a lot of notes in real time and I've realized that some bits contradict others. So I'm kind of going through my notes as we go. Um, going back to the last Nitro, Dave says, 
It was a night of amazing banter. From Ric Flair doing a classic interview. He was said to have gotten very emotional that afternoon preparing it. Oh, t- Flair does that getting his bag ball ready. <laughs> when he talked about Vince's father as an NWA board member in 81, voting him as world champion and talking very openly, not about bleeding as he used to, but cutting himself five different times in the course of a lengthy match, etc. He was very, very passionate in this speech. McMahon throughout the night was burying talent. Uh, there was a classic ah. by play with McMahon and Regal uh, asking Vince why he would buy that bloody awful place. A lot of nonsense goes on there. It's awful. He did. And what did Tony Schiavone say seconds later when it cut to them? Um, I can't remember. Do tell me. Oh, well, you spent enough years here, Regal, for it to be such an awful time of your career. Oh, sorry about that. He did not take it well. I remember no. it being speculated. I haven't checked in a while because I haven't listened to what happened when. But on that particular episode, where he probably talks about this in great detail. But like, it was speculated for years by people that that him bitching at WF going, oh, it was so terrible, was it? Oh, it was like where they didn't bother like trying to contact him for work. Oh. But, but you know, I need to check that. That, that was just what it, the uh, general opinion was for years when Tony Schiavone basically disappeared from wrestling. Yeah. Well, at that by that point, yeah. I mean, Tony wasn't contacted. Apparently, Scott Hudson had been reached out to by the WWF. They, they liked Scott Hudson and they wanted wow, to work okay. with Scott. So by I think by the time Nitro had started, they'd already said to Scott... We'll pick up your contract. I was going to say, by the standards of the commentators by the time, Heenan, we all love Heenan, but he was mm. a spent force by then. Mark Madden, uh, thank God didn't bring him in. Um, so Tony Schiavone's annoyed them, or maybe there was heat with Jim. Again, that's a thing that's been speculated for years, and probably Schiavone's talked about to death on his podcast. Mm. So that left Hudson and what? I mean, just <laughs> Hudson, really. It's just Hudson left, is it? It's just Hudson. Oh, okay. Um, well, well done. When, you, you, you like that Australian... Um, ice skater that one because everyone else crashed out Tanya Harding <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why they all crashed out Tanya <laughs> killed Matthew carry on speaking of Australia yeah. off the back of those comments Regal went to Australia to do uh, promotions and interviews and stuff for the WWF about Wrestlemania he was interviewed by Fox Sports while he was there. Regal was said to have been brutally honest, making it one of the best TV interviews of the wrestlers seen in Australia in recent memory. He buried Bagwell all weekend, saying WWF buying WCW could be a positive for the industry because it would clean out a lot of rubbish in wrestling, specifically Lex Luger and Buff Bagwell. There's an episode... Buried! There's an episode of the Observer Radio from... Must be... Oh, 2000s. Obviously, they talk about Nitro. And he goes, William Regal, did you see that? And he goes, oh, yeah. And he just buries the, the little story on they had going. And he goes, have you seen Buff Bagwell now? He says, he's had that many facelifts. His, his real hair is probably down by his ass. <laughs> Mate, he did not like Bagwell. No. Can't think why. <laughs> so, uh, in terms of those uh, heavy hitters that we mentioned, uh, Sting... Uh, Kevin Nash. I like the way you say it makes like saying stink. Stink. <laughs> Kevin Nash. Um, they stuck. They they didn't go anywhere. Kevin Nash was interviewed for Off the Top Rope Radio the oh, Friday. In Canada, right? Fr- yeah, the day after the purchase was announced. He said WCW died a slow, agonizing death, and he was glad someone finally put it out of its misery. He said WWF was a machine that WCW never was, nor it could ever be. He said he always told people during the hot period that they would never put Vince out of business. I said Vince yeah. McMahon is the Yankees. WCW is the 69 Mets. They got lucky once. So Kev is there going, <laughs> That's a good one. Thing is, I always liked the WWF. 
Did I ever tell you yeah. how much I liked the WWF? I think Hogan and Nash and everybody else has said that, like Bischoff would. And Bischoff's denied it, but, so it's funny. But the other wrestlers go, yeah, Bischoff would go, we're going to put him out of business. Like, you're not. <laughs> and uh, also, to repeat what Tony Fonny said for years, the comrade likes to quote, it's like, WCW at the end was a coffin with wheels. <laughs> oh, Christ. One name that may go against uh, what the other lads are doing is Diamond Dallas Page. Oh, no. Um, there is interest from the WWF in DDP. Now, currently, he is on a Time Warner deal. Um, we will touch base with him in a few weeks' time. Now, who did WWF buy in this fire sale? Ooh. In this shutting down sale at Poundland in oh, the wrestling world? Can I try and remember some of them? Yeah, go on then. I'll, let's, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, go on then. Hit me with some of the names. Sean Stasiak. Ding. Hugh Morris. Ding. Mark Jindrak. Ding. Sean O'Hare. Ding. Rey Mysterio Jr. Uh -uh. Oh, Chavo Guerrero. Ding. Sorry. Get those two mixed up. I'm a horrible racist. Uh, who was he for? Shannon Moore. Ding. Oh. Jamie Noble. Um, uh -uh. And uh, Hurricane Helms. Ding. So I'll give you there. Any more you can remember? There's a couple of others. It's just all the undercard, isn't it? Uh, but some of them didn't. So I want to say, oh, Chris Canyon. Ding. Um, Lance Storm, Chuck Palumbo, Sean oh. O'Hare, Mark Jindrak, Mike Awesome, Eli Skipper, oh. Shane Helms, Shannon Moore, Stacey Keebler, Chava Guerrero Jr., Mike Sanders, Hugh Morris, Sean Stasiak, Kaz Hayashi, Yun Yang, and Billy Kidman. So, so, so um, Canyon hadn't come in yet. They were going to oh, renegotiate right, right. a deal. That's, that's right. right. Some people will come later on. It's just the people yeah. that got original batch because some of those wouldn't make it mm. on the TV. Mark, um, above average, Mike Sanders, uh, made house shows but didn't make TV. And Elix Skipper, I don't recall him. He never made TV. No, which is a TV. damn shame. No, he's, he's so very, very good. Um, there will be further conversation to be had with a few people as well, including Disco Inferno, Reno, Johnny the Bull, <laughs> Jason Jett, The Wall, oh. Lash LaRue, Kiwi, Jamie Noble, Evan Courageous, Kid Romeo, and Norman Smiley. So they have not signed as part of this fire sale. Oh. But WWF are interested in having a chat with them. Uh, the, the shit list... There was a shit list. You just made my shit list. Rick Steiner, Jim Duggan, uh, Bam Bam. Wait, wait, Rick Steiner? Rick Steiner's on the shit list. They don't well, know what that is. They, don't know, they just don't know Rick Steiner. Um, yeah, wait, Rick Steiner has never made a return post-WCW. I'm right. Because he's on the shit list. <laughs> he I never even thought no, about he, that. He did. He turned up at NXT in January. <laughs> Until, yeah, the season. <laughs> he had to buy a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> Until then, yeah. Uh, he came in via his son. Jim Duggan. Duggan's on the shit list. They don't I don't know why, but that would change. Bam Bam Bigelow. Wow. Bigelow's really? On, Bigelow's on the shit list. Uh, oh, the click movie? Stevie Ray. Okay. I'm not sure what he did to deserve that. Road Warrior Animal. I mean, he, he, was, he was barely wrestling at that point anyway. Road Warrior Animal, well, they, that would change. J double F, J double R, E double T, double G double O double N double E. It's G double O double N E. He's a goonie. He's a goonie. Lex Luger. Yep. Buff Bagwell. Uh, yeah. Dustin, well, that would change. <laughs> Dustin Rhodes. Mm, okay. S Sid Vicious. Okay, don't know why. Madeja. Wait, you can't wrestle anyway. What the hell is it? Okay. Exactly. They don't want him in. Madeja. She was rubbish. Miss Jones. Ernest the Cat Miller's valet. Okay. Uh, David Flair. <laughs> okay. Chronic. You, you got signed to an OVW thing anyway. Chronic, that would change. That will change. Vampiro. <laughs> well, yeah. Scott Steiner. Uh, yep. Conan. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. Because of the whole Max Moon incident, which we talked about on the classic Raw review. <laughs> and do you have the other, other Conan, Vince McMahon story? No. Somehow there was some place in an interview, uh, and Vince McMahon was asked, like, what do you think about Jushin Thunder Liger? And Mr. Man was like, I, I don't know. I've never seen him wrestle before. It's never worked in verse. And Conan probably said, yeah, you did. He wrestled in a joint show. You had in Japan. There's a photo with you and him together. And like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and I've seen that. That photo got published online. It's like, yeah. It's like, it's talking to Joshua. I'll tell him, give him orders. Like, go, go in the ring. So I'm probably, probably uh, uh, thanks. Yeah, cheers. How would you forget Jushin Liger? Like, it's not like he was in his like, black trunks and boots. He's so generic looking, Tom. He's so generic looking, his Jushin Liger. The final name on the shit list, Rey Mysterio Jr. Okay. Uh, when word got out that mm. WWF wasn't interested in Rey, several former WCW wrestlers went to bat for him with Stephanie McMahon at a show in Madison Square Garden, asking why is Rey on <laughs> yeah. this shit list? She told them that they had heard he had a bad attitude, which his former co-workers completely denied. In checking with people in WCW who shared locker rooms with him, nobody concurred with that and all said the opposite, which is why his name was the biggest surprise. So for some it. reason, somebody's got in the ear of the McMahons and gone, oh, Ray's awful. You ever had that with someone where like, oh, I heard, heard you don't like me and they're like, oh, what are you talking about? Like, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, you're a prick. Who said that? I think that was me and you for a couple of years. Oh, oh <laughs> God, damn it, I wasn't <laughs> What else is in that that lovely report you got, Tom? Which leaves us with the most intriguing person, the man with the most potential to draw monster business, the only name that we have not mentioned in this talent uh, discussion. Real American. That's right. <laughs> William Goldberg. Immediately oh. when the sale was made, people talked about the interpromotional matches and Goldberg was brought up. Goldberg, Austin, Goldberg, Rock, Goldberg, Triple H. I think Triple H started, <laughs> Triple H started that one. Um, yeah, we've had, we've had suggestions for Goldberg and Austin, Goldberg and Rock, and a Mr. Uh, Lol Pavek has suggested, what about Goldberg versus Triple H? That would be a banger. Um, the constant was always Goldberg. Goldberg has a two and a half year deal at Turner worth more than $2 million per year. The truth is, if he was given a monster push because of the potential, those dream matches, he would likely be worth much more than that in the WWF. But they aren't going to guarantee it because doing so, doing so would upset the entire salary structure. And again, it comes back to that reason why so many of these heavy hitters didn't come in immediately because they were like, we don't want to upset the WWE. Do you know, right. I, when I think about when they, every time in, in The Observer and in Figure Four, this particular week, thank you for both of those for the sources. Um, whenever they talk about the roster being upset, like the, oh, the, the roster will be upset with the, with the pay structure. I think of Bradshaw for some reason. I just think of Bradshaw blowing up. You're going to pay Goldberg more than me? I don't know why I think of Bradshaw, but I do. I'm going to walk over the top rope and go right to Vince McMahon's office. Look how tall I am, Vince. And I'm going to politely knock on his door. <laughs> and if he's busy, I shall talk to him later. <laughs> to write a strongly worded email. What's Goldberg done that I've never done? <laughs> I could do a really heavy clothesline on Sean O'Hare. That will show him. Yeah, if you want a shit ass who hits people necessarily tough, I'm right here, baby. Vince, <laughs> you've got one Goldberg already. You've it's... got Goldberg at home. It's so weird seeing all these like, oh, Goldberg will come in later on. Oh, DDP will come in later on. Don't worry, Buff Bag will be off the shit list. And he's thinking, <laughs> we have all this to look forward to. There was other um, collateral damage that doesn't get talked about enough in the purchase of WCW because uh, following Nitro at uh, the, the final Nitro, the Spring Break Nitro on the Wednesday, uh, WCW staff uh, were greeted at the power plant uh, by a human resources representative 
to basically be say, tell 120 employees you're not needed anymore. And, and you, that is a real, that's a real thing that you forget ah, about. Because yeah. it's easy for us to go, oh, well, they picked up 20 wrestlers' contracts. You know, a lot of these guys are paid people, and that's fine. No, 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 no. What about the 120 people working as staff who now, the, the, the services are doubled with WWF. Yeah. So they're going to go, we're going to let you go. This is like every radio merger I've ever been yeah. through. Like all the ring crew guys, I imagine, all the um, production. Yeah. Um, so ring crew, production, like like sales staff, admin staff, yeah. uh, like up and down every level of it. And here is how it went down. So this comes from figure four from this particular week. Approximately 120 employees were told during a 40-minute meeting to turn in their pages, company credit cards, and phones immediately. A WWF representative was introduced and said all former WCW employees would have the opportunity to apply for work with the WWF. They were all given out forms to fill out if they had any interest. Their severance packages included nine weeks of pay plus four additional weeks for every year they've been working for the company. So they, they got... Redundancy. Okay. Well, the fact that they got something means they're better than P&O ferries. So. Yeah, I was going to say, they're better than fucking P&O. When they walked back into their offices to clean their desks out, everything, including their computers, had been shut down and deactivated. And all that was left on was the lights. Once they left, their magnetic key cards were also deactivated, meaning they couldn't get into the offices at all, even if they'd left something behind. This, uh, there was a story from a radio station. I won't say the station. Oh. Um that was merged there was two stations that were merging and they and the presenters found out uh, during the breakfast show and uh, there was three people in the studio and about half past nine one of them was called into a meeting one of the co-presenters was called into a meeting and they never came back yeah. and then at quarter two another presenter was called into a meeting and they never came back and then the show finished at 10 and they said can you come on through and the, the guy who told me this story he got up and he went through and as he stepped through the door he realized, oh, I've left me headphones. His card stopped working. He hadn't even had the meeting yet, and his card had stopped working. And then he went in, and he went, they went, yeah, we're, we're making some changes, so that was your last show. Thanks very much. And, uh, and he spins the story to me that he got in his car, and as he was driving away, there were already adverts on the station for the new breakfast show yeah. starting Monday. And, you know, we're all prone to a bit of exaggeration, but I believe that's almost how that story went down. Mm. And, uh, and if, they, if they did that as a TV show, that's exactly how it would go yeah, down. Oh, yeah, if you were writing that as a TV oh, show. Well, maybe it's just a short-lived thing. And now, the new and improved with new presenters who don't stink show on Monday. That's how I would have it. When they returned to the power plant, for the final part of the meeting, everyone was given a farewell letter. Bye then. Which explained that the company was shutting down due to the merger of Time Warner and AOL. And not because the World Wrestling Federation oh, purchased it. Oh, really? Bullshit. at the very end. Bullshit. <laughs> a lot of people found out that state, found that statement very interesting. It wasn't interesting. It was I shite. Guess, maybe they did that like a few days prior and had it sorted out because it was... Yeah. It was scheduled to be something was scheduled to be like having some time off anyway. Could very well be. It went, ah, who cares? Yeah. No one's gonna put this in a podcast years <laughs> later. As they left the meeting, everybody was searched to make sure they weren't stealing anything on the way out. Oh, I would have. It was said to be pretty depressing. No shit. And unprofessional, since nobody had ever been told officially the company was shutting down. Oh, the most that employees ever received was a memo from Brad Siegel two weeks ago saying a meeting was scheduled and everyone had to be there. They never actually... And Brad Siegel wasn't even at the meeting. 
He refused to tell anyone the real story, blatantly lied about it for months, didn't attend the meeting itself. <laughs> it was, um, it was a, it, we, we, we chortled, but it was a freaking depressing Bad Siegel. I was too busy, you know, getting chips off the floor in the town. <laughs> oh, shut up, Matthew. Just shut up. I love you I so much. I couldn't even get it up. I love you couldn't so much. Couldn't even get it out of my mouth. Um, I love you so much. Thank you, pal. <laughs> it's one of these meetings that they're talking about that it got reported that they were reading out people's <laughs> names. <laughs> and they're going like, here's a list of employees who were letting go and they read them all out. But they gave the Tony body's name and this person did not know how to pronounce it. The person was like, Tony Schiavone. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh my god. Which goes on like really sad in the press. Everyone, ha ha ha, ski of only. <laughs> oh, that's depressing. Go, <laughs> go. Brad Siegel not available for comment. He was too busy stealing burgers from people's plates in restaurants in Blackpool. <laughs> so, that ends uh, all my notes on the, the, the week that was. What a week that was as well. That's not even the end of the news. <laughs> Still, of course. Oh, oh, no, it's over the new. Okay, go on then. But now that, bit, that bit we've already done. All right, cool. That bit we've already done. Uh, bit, quick bit on the XFL. I'll keep oh, it. Oh, there we go. Keep, from the, from the sublime it. to the ridiculous. <laughs> I'll keep it tight and bright. Uh, congratulations to the XFL, uh, the proud mm-hmm. recipient of this week's disaster of the day on the Forbes website. The site Oof. included a very well-written article. Uh, talking about the, uh, the 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 awful time the XFL has said, downplaying the total losses as only a hundred million dollars in two years. It's much more than that. The XFL has oh. lost. Uh, Dick Ebersol uh, in the Washington Post said NBC will not be carrying the XFL next season. He said in the article that even though NBC made a two-year commitment to the league, quote, it's going to have to show a marked swing in the ratings in the postseason for it to have a real shot beyond this year, just from an advertising standpoint. Uh, Ebersol said the decision on whether NBC would carry a second season will be made no later than the end of April. He blamed the ratings failure of the league on a lack of superstars, which fuel interest in all sports. McMahon's big interview of the league this week was that the frequent league critic Richard Sadamir of the New York Times, uh, he basically just gives gives him a dig. He also says that if we have no network TV partner, we have no league. Vince McMahon uh, says that meetings have been going on rather well with UPN to pick up the XFL slack from NBC, but um, it's even they've had some shit ratings on from the XFL, so they're going to have to really take some convincing to keep them. I just had this idea. I was like, we need to increase the ratings. We've got all these lads. Hmm. <laughs> A new signing to the Toronto Raptors, Buff Bagwell. <laughs> He's got his little duck top hat over his helmet. <laughs> buff, daddy. Oh, blasted. Good use of Buff Bagwell. 400-pound dude just smashing him in half. People, yay! Wow, have you seen the ratings increase? Sorry, for of a two-year deal. All right, Buff, do that every match. Mate, where were you when this was going down? You could have saved the XFL. Um... Okay, uh, gimmick battle royal. I'll get a little bit on the gimmick <laughs> battle royal. Now we save the best to last. Oh, it's not even. Hey, oh no, maybe not bit, then. Bit more to come. God. Bit more to come. All right. Um, so in hindsight, like the gimmick battle royal from WrestleMania X Seven, it's 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 bloody fun in it. It is just it's a bit bloody of fun, fun. self known fun. And what I love about doing this podcast is there's, there's stuff that we look back on and we go, oh, that was great, but. You, you see a different side of it when you're when you're wading through the news of the moment. 
we think it's great. There was such kickback for the gimmick battle royal. From who? The wrestlers. Which, well, go on, please the tell. The backstage reaction. I've never, I've never heard this before. This is so from The Observer. The backstage reaction to the gimmick Battle Royal has not been good. <laughs> what? I've never heard the story. There were a lot of mad wrestlers when word got out about a dozen of the full-time regulars would not make it to WrestleMania, thus thinking they aren't going to get a share in the payoff. Even more so because they're bringing in guys who will share that payoff with other. So the roster who are going to get on the show are upset because the Iron Sheik's getting like 10 yeah. quid. And and then you've got I'm just thinking of Bradshaw again. Thinking of Bradshaw again. He, I, uh, I want my, my money from Mania. Let me tell you, if you want a wrestler who's too <laughs> incompetent and broke down that he can't take the bump from the floor of the outside, so he has to win. I'm right here, baby. No play knock. I'll come back later, Vince. <laughs> Um, but he is on the show. It's it's actually one of those fun games to name who isn't on the show who's contracted. <laughs> and it's like Crash Holly's one of them. Yeah. Is Rikishi? Rikishi. But he's injured, He's right? injured, but he's so he's not on the show. Haku isn't on the show. Uh, Harko Holly's not on the show. Harko Holly. <laughs> give me all the belts. He didn't want Austin, uh, Austin's <laughs> pop taken away from Harko Holly. <laughs> So there's a lot of like like Steve like Steve Blackman will get onto the pre-show. Oh yeah, yeah. He'll he'll, he'll sneak onto the pre-show. Uh, but yeah, there's just so there's a lot of no there's there's a lot of undercard guys. But like I'm sorry, I'm really sorry. Was was Harko Holly going to get that spot that the gimmick battle royal had? And and if he did, no. would it have done as well? No, but Spark Plug. <laughs> Spark Plug. Spark Plug. What's his name? Spark Plug. Listen to this bullshit. Whatever, I'll come Spark Club. It's still a stupid name. Listen to this bullshit from Figure Four, right? <laughs> this is this is mint. This is scary beyond comprehension. <laughs> All right, Brian. First off, it's false advertising because the WWF specifically said the greatest gimmicks of all time. This is points of view. Second, this has to be setting up for some sort of run-in by a big star because there is no way this match can go even one minute without being booed out of the building. Plus, and I'm not saying this as a joke because it's true, if Iron Sheik in particular tries to take a bump over the top rope, he will die. Oh. He will die. Oh, that's awesome. That would be great. Slow attacks attacks over behind. Take, makes him take the bump. He's dead. <laughs> we killed Iran. Entire crowd, US. USA. They're putting the blanket over. <laughs> Wheeling him out, Linda. <laughs> Don't worry, Bubba. She can protect you in the afterlife. <laughs> I put Anubis in the cabal clip. Fucking hell, Anubis. Fucking hell. Apparently, Ra paid Anubis 10 grand to break Shiki's leg, but Shiki said no. Shiki said no, I won't. <laughs> oh god that's a great line he will die oh so who wrote that figure four weekly yeah. so that's, that's Alvarez isn't it yeah, Alvarez Alvarez oh 
I think Elvis, he, he gained a sense of humor quickly. He would grow a sense of humor in years to come. But I mean, WWF agreed with him, and they found a very canny solution. <laughs> Just damn cheap, win it. <laughs> very canny solution. Two legends, finally, finally, yeah. who didn't make it to WrestleMania, who were uh, in talks of being there. Two legends. Oh, they announced. No, and didn't show up. They hadn't been announced. Oh. No, this is this is. Sorry, oh, okay. moving on from the gimmick Damn it, battle. I used Royal. to know. Is it George Animal Steel? No, I'm sorry. Moving on from the gimmick battle role now. Oh, oh, so, oh, 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 Moving on from the gimmick battle. Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. The Shawn Michaels situation is rough. Writes the Observer. Oof. Don't have and so so the week started with this. Don't have much in the way of details since it happened late Tuesday. It appears there are problems with Michaels again. Michaels and Lynn were both backstage at Raw on SmackDown. Jerry Lynn apparently thrown into the bus in this one. Michaels was originally scheduled age. for Raw. Michaels was originally scheduled for Raw uh, as of the weekend to do an angle, but then the small matter of the WWF buying WCW took center stage. There was so much going on on the show. His angle was cut by the afternoon. And they said, come back for SmackDown. We'll do something on SmackDown. Then that was cut, and he stormed out of the building on SmackDown. So, um, however, this story would be added to in days following by Figure Four, who said Shawn Michaels was sent home from SmackDown after showing up in a condition which WWF officials believed he would not allow him to do the angle he was scheduled to do on the show. Uh, Unlike at Raw, he was not cut due to time constraints. He is really screwed at this point. Uh, after all Jeez. this talk about growing up and being changed man because of his new family, he showed once again what the wrestling business is capable of. This may be it for Michaels. Now, as time will go on, we talked about this last week. There's the bit in Chris Jericho's yeah, book. Obviously, which... it's not this week then because that's not the angle. It must be the so, so, but, one? No, so because this, this is the last stop before Mania. Is this yeah, Smackdown. but uh, the regal Jericho feud would continue, oh. so... But I believe he dressed as Doink in a, uh, as part of the plug for the Gimmick Battle Royal. Oh, that, oh they didn't show so, any replays so of this on SmackDown, yes. so I assume there must be later on. So it was this episode, so right? I, okay. So I think, oh, okay, I think yeah. like, reading between what I've got from Figurefoot and The Observer, I think Shawn Michaels is in a bad state on Monday and on yeah. Thursday. So what I can glean from this is because the... You tell the, the doink. I know we've said it a few times before, but it's, it, it's a story that's worth retelling. Jericho's books are worth reading, by the way. If you yes. skip the bits where he's like, I thought I met Skid Row, he fills <laughs> it up with. But him describing it, he dressed up as doink, get ready to sneak attack Regal in preparation for the Battle Royal. Of course, that makes sense. Why? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Uh, backstage, Shawn Michaels in no state to perform, shows up looking like Kerry Von Erich on a good day, saying, uh, Jericho, they made you doink? And Jericho's like, no, 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 it's just a one-night angle. And then Sean's like, that's bullshit, man. It should, you're better than that. You shouldn't be doink. And Jericho left thinking, what, does Michaels think I'm doink full-time? <laughs> Probably telling Alvarez, this is bullshit. Doink can't win. Jericho can't even take a bump. He'll die. <laughs> so I think he was, I, I, I can read between, I read between the lines on this. I think that, Michaels was in a bad way on Raw. Yeah. And they went, oh, time constraints, we'll cut it. Nose, nose, wink, wink. You're, you're, you're bad. And they come back to SmackDown. Then he turned up on SmackDown, and he was probably still in a bad way. Mm. And they went, we're just going to park ah, it. So, yeah. Shawn Michaels, not a part of WrestleMania. We've talked about it for several weeks. It would make sense to put this Who's in. the other one? Let me tell you something, brother. No. Negotiations to bring Hulk Hogan in. <laughs> Are appa- we're apparently very close to fruition 
at the start of, at the end of the last week, but fell apart at the beginning of the following week. Um, so they had they had planned to have Hogan do something at Mania, but they couldn't agree on money or terms, and it just ended. Then the WCW thing happens. They went, you know what? We're just going to leave it. Um, there was a bit from SmackDown. I didn't see this in the notes last week, so I didn't pick up on this. Um, from last week's SmackDown, when the show when the cameras went off, Austin post show tore his shirt off and did a muscular Hulk Hogan pose to the oh. live crowd, a la Hulk Hogan. Uh, at least this week, talks with Hogan the WWF appear to have fallen apart. <laughs> so whether that is any reflection on it, I don't know. I don't know, but that was certainly mm. something that happened this particular. I literally week. can't even envision what that would. What involve. would he? Have, what would he have done? Well, no one Hogan's like Claire come in and beat everybody. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it's just Hogan. It's just Rock and Austin. <clears throat> Sorry. What, what a weird one. Two but... vanilla dwarfs. So that is those. That is with an, an hour in, God. an hour in to the classic SmackDown review. That brings us yeah. up to speed with what has been a fraught seven days in the world of professional wrestling in two thousand and one, right. the year of our Lord of Space Odyssey. What a time, eh? What a time! I know, like... What a bloody time! Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Let's on to the episode of SmackDown. Let's do bloody SmackDown for this bloody week. Uh, Widdy wee. No, not yet. <laughs> Widdy wee, Widdy wee. As again. What is the fate, the fate, the fate, the fate, the fate, the fate, eat the fate of Wetrix? <laughs> Wetrix will be released on the N64. Do surprisingly all right. Get poured the Dreamcast and then never seen again. My undying love to anybody that makes a Wetrix sign for AEW. I'll do some sort of like, we'll give you a colorholic shirt or something if you do that. Nah, just my undying love. <laughs> yeah, you ain't getting nothing. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I ain't made it, buddy. <laughs> no, but like, what if it's like you're going in, it's like, you know, yes, a mania or whatever, it's like 16. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> we'll give them out at the door. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, Vince has bought WCW. So a sort of Raw is temporarily shown on both TNN and TNT simulcast, which is insane to think of. It when is madness. They, oh, we'll say this on ITV and BBC. Jarrett is a goonie. Uh, Turner's been begging for Vince to sign the contract and take WCW's hands. Uh, WCW, quote, is buried and all the wrestlers are buried. 
That's not a quote. That's just me saying that. <laughs> buried, buried, buried. What is the buried? Match, Until Shane McMahon appears on TNT and says the deal is finalized, but then the contract is McMahon, <laughs> but then the start is Shane. We're three days away from the biggest pay-per-view of all time, and the second biggest wrestling company is now a storyline, and there's only one game in town. Which means right now, for a few months, XPW is the second biggest wrestling company in America. Do it. Got about a thousand or so of their shows. Congratulations. So, XP, to dub, XP Dub. XP Dub. XP Dub. Triple H starts the show to ask Shane if he can come back as Terror Rising. I mean, no, sorry. <laughs> He's in the double denim and the biker cap, along with his wife and some cops. The cops. Or are they really cops? I know who they are. I know who they are. Go on. Go on. I know two of them are. I couldn't name the other ones, but I'm sure you got them. The obvious ones are Bobby Roo, without a beard. And a young Ken Anderson. Mm, correct. Who have you got? Um, also got um, Al Snow trainee Alex Arian. Uh, Wagner Brown from Sheldon two? Goldberg's New England Championship Wrestling. Uh, and a guy called Johnny Royal. Royal. Okay, great. <laughs> I don't know any of them. Bobby so. Roode in there. Yeah. That's quite exciting. Front and center. Nice. I don't, that it's is... off the rack cop gear. Amazing. <laughs> it just about fits him. That's so good. You're growing with Triple H Wonders. How he's the best, but doesn't have a title shot at WrestleMania. He rambles and says Undertaker has only seen an itty-bitty portion of what he's about. Yeah, he said itty-bitty, by the way. I thought he was going to follow it up with Titty Committee. It... <laughs> On the G.I. Joe, the movie, <laughs> the animated one, Sergeant Slaughter appears as Sergeant Slaughter and says, the only way you're going through this brigade is either through me or in a bag, an itty bitty ditty bag. <laughs> Me and my friends used to quote that for ages because a ditty bag is apparently a thing. It's like a small bag. <laughs> I imagine so. An itty bitty ditty bag must be a very small bag indeed. <laughs> when are you going to realize your yard is smack dab in the middle of my world? He said smack dab. <laughs> we get recaps of Triple H beating up Undertaker and asks if this was his yard when he did this. We get a good long look at the awesome beatdown last week at the Hall of Fame level smackdown that we got last week. Mm. And also on Raw, Triple H hit Undertaker with a chair to help Austin beat him. More on that later on. Triple H ends by telling Undertaker, when you play the game, you will lose. Then roll and roll and roll and hit. Uh, Undertaker says, if he plays the game, he'll lose. Undertaker says, here's some history. When I was just an itty-bitty dead man, he said it. I don't know what was up with itty-bitty this week. G.I. Joe must have been on. Instead, I, of, instead of Nitro this week, G.I. Joe the movie will be played instead. I reckon they had a bet with each other. I bet we can't get itty-bitty into a promo. Or a t-shirt that says, I'm itty-bitty. You're damn right, I'm itty-bitty. <laughs> damn right, I'm bitty. Itty-bitty. You're damn right, I'm bitty. He's Iddy, and I'm Biddy, and we can't get along. New WF Tag Team Champions. Uh, talking of t-shirts, congratulations to The Undertaker, whose I'll Make You Famous and Crime Inc. shirts are the highest-selling shirts at house shows. Fun fact. Are they really? Oh, I was At this particular time in the year of our Lord, there's Crime Inc. People love the Crime Inc. shirts. Respect the troops. Crime Inc. <laughs> I think that's how Ronald Reagan did it. Yeah, the troops. We're bringing back all that heroin. <laughs> Anyway, here's some history. When I was just an, quote, itty-bitty dead man, and I had to go to school, they had to send me home during recess because I didn't play games. I feel quite sad for Baby Undertaker. Actually, like, makes sense because that's why he's like, he sees all, like, Xavier Woods and whatever playing the game, just like, Ugh. Yeah. 
could have been me. I feel really sad for him. Like Drew, Drew Geordie's like, you not play Pokemon. <laughs> he was this week. Not even red or blue. I know because he just went home and I presume just like helped his mum with the ironing. Drew Geordie's like, even I've played Pokemon. <laughs> I will admit, I love True Geordie chatting to the Undertaker. The Undertaker. <laughs> Welcome to True Geordie. This week chatting to the Undertaker. So great. How you doing, man? I'm a real fucking Undertaker. <laughs> no. Everyone's bollocks apart from us, aren't they? <laughs> Damn right. Thanks for coming, Undertaker. It's been True Geordie. A true Jolly doing a pressure of another true Jolly there. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh, I love true Jolly. says, Sometimes when you jump over the fence into someone's yard and you move towards the dog and the dog don't move, then you move a little bit closer. The dog still don't move until you move even closer and then the dog lifts up its head and you realise that's what the dog wanted. All along. <laughs> and I've put, ah, he's played the snake puzzle from Banjo-Tooie. <laughs> he uh, lied! He has played okay. games! Triple H, when you play Banjo-Tooie... <laughs> you will Louie! The Aztec level, where you have to go... You have to turn into a stone dude to get through the itty-bitty gap in the door. <laughs> You want the jiggy, <laughs> but the snake says no diggy. <laughs> so you say cry mink and hit him with your backpack. <laughs> That's Amari. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a great promo for Undertaker this week. It was a brilliant pro- That was the promo. It was the best promo. <laughs> Undertaker knows there's a wall of police. <laughs> this is in real life, not Manu Tui. But Undertaker made a phone call to a lawyer and a bail bondsman. So he'll be out in 12 hours. Oh, he also rang 911 because Triple H will need medical help. Undertaker bum rushes the pigs and launches Triple H in the police before punching Triple H over the top rope to get arrested by developmental's finest. Undertaker does the, hey, take me to WrestleMania then. I'll be out soon, shtick, as he's being led away by the police. The best time I ever saw this was on the episode of The Sopranos. Some dude was like getting arrested. He goes, yeah, go ahead, arrest me. Last time I made bail so quick, my soup was still warm when I got home. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do you think of this opening oh, bit? This is this is just classic Undertaker and Triple H. Triple H going, <laughs> here is how brilliant and clever I am. Here's some video, and then Undertaker just coming out and I have a dog in my garden. Come over here, you get close to the dog, and you boop. And, <laughs> and then you all get cross. And there was, but my favourite part. Once the ruck started, where Undertaker grabs Triple H and just hoys yeah. him into the cops. And like Triple H, like like he's falling off a rooftop. Just like, just gives his body to developmental's finest. Just collapses into You're them. Right. I think that was when, I, that was like, if there was any doubt that these weren't, these were indie guys. Triple H yeah, happy yeah, yeah. to take a bump into the right, yeah, guy yeah. and a real great bump as well. Yeah. I liked it. I hope he is out in time for WrestleMania because sometimes paperwork can take a little bit of time. And plus, it's happening on a Thursday, and obviously the weekend's on its way. Yeah. It could all go horribly wrong if it's not processed by Friday night. You'll have to wait till Monday. <laughs> WrestleMania's they, gone by that point. That's maybe why they spoke to Hogan because look, if Undertaker's still in jail, yeah. come on standby. Because yeah. yeah, it was good though. You're right. Um, Triple H getting fed to the pigs. Uh, best time I've seen. <laughs> 
since since Bricktop and Snatch. <laughs> Sorry. Ironically, <laughs> on the classic Raw review, mm-hmm. we've just watched In Your House Seasons Beating. Oh. So in the space of a week, we've we bookended the week with oh. two instances of talking about Triple H being thrown to the pigs. Crime Inc. Crime Inc. Support our crime. Yeah. Regal sees The Rock backstage. He tells him and orders him to stay out of trouble by going to the locker room so we don't lose that their main event at WrestleMania. <laughs> Rock stares and asks him, hey, aren't you that guy who drinks pee? <laughs> anyway, Rock uh... goes, all right, fair enough, fair enough you pee drinker. <laughs> Rock gave Austin a stunner on Raw. And, it, and I always... I always remember fondly the rocks version of a stunner mm. where like he he has the arm around austin's head mm. but this other arm he doesn't know what to do with so it's just kind of flailing in the wind as he goes down rather than sort of like well that's what they mean when they say the patented maneuver they mean like rocks like i don't know how to do this yeah. only only austin's got the pattern on it so i have to guess <laughs> if he, t- he has to he has to tweak it slightly yeah so in case his lawyers come after yeah. him i can't go to pay for no uh, that's not a stone cold stunner it's a roan roll runner <laughs> I'll have you know. <laughs> anyway, Stacker 2, Don't Smoke, and Chef Boyardee, overstuffed like your smoker's lungs, presents the APA versus X Factor without name or theme just yet. Slightly new music, though. Slightly music, Ooh, we're but closer. not that one. We're getting closer. God, they have a lot of themes. Taz reminds us he's teaming up with the APA against Right to Censor at WrestleMania in a match I forgot as I'm watching it. <laughs> Crowd chants Xbox sucks. Just Incredible slaps Bradshaw around until he takes a big boot. Bradshaw destroys both of them because he's big and Brad. He's big Brad. <laughs> Farouk tags in and also destroys people. I love the dynamics of an APA match. Bradshaw beats up a dude and then Farouk tags in and then he beats them up. Damn. So great. What a great formula. Then the right to show up. So Taz leaves the commentary table to deal with them. While that's going on, X-Factor get the win after a Bull Buchanan interference. X-Factor have now won more matches in three weeks than both the Hardys and Edgy Christians' entire year combined. Make them tag champs immediately, you cowards. Give them the free bird rule. Right to censor leaves standing, I think. It's hard to tell when Taz is standing up. (laughs) Hey, he's had a rough week, is Taz. He's had a rough week. Has he? Yeah, this he did it when um, Kevin Owens did the Stone Cold impression. Oh, oh, you mean like 332? And Taz went, uh, hey... We did we did fake out music last time at Revolution, and everybody went. That's a that's a trope as old as time, Taz. Why are you claiming it for ECW? Is, is that why what are you he said? For oh, that's what people have got. I mean, maybe he did say that, but he also just said like, "Wow, well, the other places." Oh, you know, I don't care. No, no. Originally, I love originally, Taz. Origi- yeah, originally his his frustration came from the fact that WWE did like the fake out play the music about a month after AEW did it at Revolution's uh, buy-in. And then everyone went, it's a tale as old as time. And Taz went, yeah, I know, but we did it recently and they've got 76,000 writers. They should come up with something better. I think the Kevin Owens bit was brilliant. Oh, yeah. That's great. Love you, Taz. Love you, Taz. Shane McMahon enters the arena and says hi to Eddie and Kurt, who don't react by going, oh my God, Shane, no, 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 no. They just say, hey, all right. <laughs> and then Kurt explains to Eddie how he didn't tap out on Raw. And he's like, yeah, man, camera tricks. <laughs> Instead of said, uh, said do exposition with Shane about what's happening. Shane, oh, okay, whatever. That's all. Don't like that I know. One thing I'll say about this is when when the uh, when the limo pulled up, like why did you not think 
when you first saw it that the 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 reg on the limo it looked like nitro was written in the doom font i didn't notice that if you look back at it <laughs> and, I, and i and i went and i literally went and spent a good 10 minutes googling see if i could find this particular license plate and yeah. i couldn't but it does look like nitro is written in the doom font what? it's a li- it's a nitro logo i've never seen before what noise did it make when you saw it <laughs> good enough thank you so with Taz out Heyman makes a Smackdown debut as a commentator and tells Michael Cole to stop talking about WCW as Vince has barred talk of the company from the south we should only talk about ECW from now on <laughs> uh-huh. I like that that was a nice touch Benmar shows up do you get- also like I'm going to chuck this in very quickly so I didn't talk to you just realised like a, a bit of a unident here a bit of a, a, a happy accident that has occurred um, in, we're watching an episode of Smackdown on the way to WrestleMania where Michael Cole is alone because his commentator got physically involved ahead of his match at WrestleMania. That happened in 2001. Just, mm. And we're talking about it the week after Michael Cole sat on his own in commentary whilst his broadcast colleague got physically involved ahead of his match at WrestleMania. Aww. I like that. It's a little ah. bit of perfect symmetry. We did that you Taz, you did that year. You copied WWE from years before. I was going to say one other thing I was going to say, but obviously with so much said at the start was like, obviously you said, oh, we don't want to um, make the talent feel bad or by having so many people employed or doing all this and the money and stuff like that. It's funny how like in 2016, 2017, Triple H is like, yep, let's buy even more people. <laughs> Upset. No, it's okay. We're not paying them anything. <laughs> it's fine. They're getting yeah. next to nothing. This ha, ha, ha. Benoit shows up. We got a clip of Kurt and Benoit grappling on Raw in a brawl and Kurt tapping. Not a match, though, just a little grapple. Mm. I mean, no, it doesn't, doesn't. Benoit is teaming up tonight with Test to take on Kurt and Eddie, because Eddie is smart and agrees with Kurt about the camera tricks. Test gets a falling forward powerbomb, which I don't recall anyone else doing after Test died. Only he, when he's like, he goes yeah. completely horizontal and does the powerbomb forward and forward. into a fallout. Yeah, no one else does that. No, it's a good move. Yeah. Strong move. Someone needs to bring that back. Yeah. Kurt Angle tags in and gives him the German suplexes, which Test powers out of, and they double down. Benoit hot tags in because he's currently in hell. Eddie, <laughs> sorry about that. Eddie holds Benoit so Angle can hit him, but then Benoit ducks and Eddie gets a big boot. Test and Kurt end up outside, so Benoit taps out Eddie to a big pop. Then Kurt uses this distraction to tap out Benoit with the ankle lock post match. Ooh. Lovely little stuff here. Like, Tess can hold his own in these matches, which is very impressive to see. But the dynamic between Kurt and Benoit, I'm really enjoying. Oh, God, yeah. With the two weeks build we've got. Yeah, they're, 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 I'm surprised they're doing it this way. I kind of got the vibe that we were heading towards Eddie Benoit of Mania. That yeah. would have felt like that would have been a, a grudge match with a nice payoff. But then it would have an angle with probably Test. Hmm. Great, this is a very test. I think, I think Angle Benoit is a better proposition. And it's a match that will, in its own way, very much change wrestling. Right. At this point, I don't remember this match being that good. So I'm interested in seeing a rewatch of you guys mm. if it's age well. Not because it's bad by any means, but because their later matches were so much better. It's in more, 02 it's and more 03. what this match was. Mm. Which you'll find out next week when we do a watch along of WrestleMania X7. Myself, Matthew, from the SmackDown Review. There he is. Uh, for right. Jack Atkins, Jack Atkins from the Classic War Review, and Sam Driver from the Classic Nitro Review. We'll all get together to watch I, WrestleMania X7. Together. Sam Driver, which some people thought was uh, the UK Undertaker. <laughs> 
I never saw it with what someone said. Is that Sam? I went, oh my God. It <laughs> might be. Look at a picture of the UK Undertaker and then look at a picture of our boy Sam. Make your own decisions. <laughs> it said UK Undertaker. He travelled up and down the place from Pontons to Butlins. <laughs> All the ins, <laughs> not many outs. Regal gets Debs in his bloody room and asks Debs to do something, but I wasn't paying attention and no one should care. Regal says if anything happens <laughs> to Tom. Austin tonight... Vince McMahon will hold Deborah responsible. So basically, Regal is gaslighting everybody in the WrestleMania X7 main event. He's telling Rock, do not mess with Austin and ruin our main event or you'll be bloody for it. He's telling Deborah, do not let anything bad happen to Rock or Austin or you'll be bloody for it. Uh, Regal still refers to Deborah as Rock's manager, I've put here, uh, which, which thankfully by the end of this episode, that will be dealt I thought by now it had been dealt with. But it hasn't. So it shows you how, like, like days before Mania, we was we still had potentially Deborah walking out to the ring of the Rock, which no disrespect to Deborah, it just it it would have taken away from what was so pure. Yeah. Of Rock versus Austin. Yeah, sod off Deborah. Yeah, sod off Deborah. Anyway, here's Lugs, the shoes with laces. Uh, Vince buys WCW. But will he wear Lugs for his feet? <laughs> <laughs> will Vince buy Lugs? <laughs> the takeover. The name of the contract does say Uggs. But <laughs> when, Buff, when Buff Bagwell is being demolished by a 500 pound guy, being phalanxed by two dudes pushing him, <laughs> then go even faster than possible. Will the feet that fly off it, will they be Lugs? Will they make it into the cheap seats? Will they make it out of the stadium? Find out the brand new XFL Watch Buff Die this Saturday. P.S. Fuck Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I'd watch it. It'll be Saturday Night Dead with Buff Bagwell. <laughs> Lugs. The name on the contract does read McMahon, but it reads Shoe McMahon. <laughs> Mr. McMahon and his Lugs and his Lugs and his Lugs. <laughs> My Lugs can even do tricks. Watch this. My Lugs do tricks. <laughs> Kiss my logs club. <laughs> oh, that'd be a great endorsement uh, deal. You tell me that's worse than the bloody Pizza Hut Battle Royal. The Kiss My Lugs Club. I'm gonna defend that. <laughs> yes, thank you. Hey Tom. No, fuck that. <laughs> uh, speaking of silly endorsements, Shane McMahon puts over Billy Gunn backstage. <laughs> Would he be called Billy Gunn if, if Shane did bring him into Dubsy Dub? Would you not have to go back to Monty Sop? I never thought about that. They have to change their names. Yeah. It's like, that's my name. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. I, I kind of like the idea of them doing a story like that and having it play out. Yeah. And Vince just being his real cunty self and going, oh, cool, you can have Billy Gunn, but you can't call him Billy Gunn. That's my name, Monty Sop. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to call him... You have to call him... You can't call him Rey Mysterio then. He's like, no, that's a triple A name. <laughs> Fine, go buy them. I will. A triple A? I think you're... I think, I think you mean ECW. Shut up, Stephanie. A, 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 Is that just Regal getting annoyed? <laughs> oh, God. A, A, A. Is that trying to do the alphabet? <laughs> Hey, oh, I know him. He's that lad who's got the high scores in the arcade. Hey, hey, hey. Is that who I call when I break down in one and a half cars? 
that one hurt. Oh, God. That's taken six years oh. off my life, that gag. Super effective. <laughs> I can move on. Anyway, Steph shows up and tells Shane, Vince is going to kill Shane. Oh, and by the way... <laughs> that's two that's two McMahon's dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a key time for the WWF as well. They'll be wheeling up in dueling wheelchairs. <laughs> so if they have an accident, they could call AAAA. <laughs> oh, and by, by the way, here's a special guest referee for the match, Mick Foley, because he needs to sell a second book. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, he reminds Vince he fired him last year, so he talked to Linda in December of last year. <laughs> we get clipped to show this. He has the ability to be a special guest referee of any match of his choosing. And it's just like, oh, no. What a, what, a, what a treat to see Linda before she died. That's, that's why they want this digitized so no one could forget it. Yeah, what, what, if, what if... Are we sure she was alive? <laughs> What's that? What's that, Linda? <laughs> Fully do an exposition. What's that, Linda? You said I could be in any match I, I want as guest referee. <laughs> you nodded. <laughs> Pass me a pen. <laughs> String slap. No, Linda, you can eat your tea afterwards. Oh no, like sign his contract first of all. Linda's head, Linda's head falls into soup. Holding her head up. Come on, Linda, let's sign this together. Come on, we all love alphabetti spaghetti, Linda. But come on, just just wait a few moments. Linda spelt Linda in the spaghetti. That counts as a signature. <laughs> Uh, nice bit of exposition for Foley, though, that explains why yeah. he can ref that match. How lucky that he was allowed to, a guest referee spot as and when he wanted to. How, if, uh, if and when. Sean Michaels is unable to attend his appearance. Mick Foley will be there. Ooh, oh, uh, Vince shows up to his parked space, but Shane has taken it. Shane. Oh, Shane's new license plate reads WW1. And everyone goes, no, it didn't. WCW lost. <laughs> also here, the Thomas Hitman Hearns. Uh, Tommy Hearns. The guy who, st- who Brett stole the Hitman name from. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Oh, nice. Everything like that. But out, it, they did out. a thing together in WCW, I think. Oh, no, no. Sorry. Uh, an episode of Raw, like 97, I want to say. Oh, he, oh, Hitman Hearns? Yeah. Oh, I didn't hey, know that. that. Hitman the Hitman. I didn't, I didn't know until I saw screenshots on Twitter, so. He'd been out of action in boxing for over a year when he popped up on this SmackDown. And it's he was still be... boxing. Like, what? No, he, he's got a comeback match in a couple of years against John Long. What? In 03. Oh, I don't remember. This. I don't. Oh, no. <laughs> that sounds depressing as hell. No. Amazing boxer. I've known just to say an 03 Tommy Hearns fight. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, we got a recap of Rock and Austin teaming up to take on Undertaker and Kane for Raw's main event. They agree to team up while the match is taking place. But after that. Anyway. During the match, Austin pins Undertaker because Triple H chair shots him because he's so smart. And while Austin is celebrating, The Rock stunners him with the flailing thing. Nice. Also, this is where the meme image of Austin drinking like five beers at once comes from. Yes, it's from this particular episode. Yeah. Austin heads the ring to a massive pop. He demands The Rock shows up. He ain't asking. Vince shows up instead. Austin says, I want The Rock, not a jackass. Vince explains he's had a hard few days. He doesn't want his WrestleMania main event going, so get out the ring. Austin disagrees and decks him. And here's The Rock. Ah! Crowd goes crazy. Austin reminds Rock about the stunner and getting beer poured on him. Austin wants and gets two beers. 
and offers one to Rock. As they toast the Rock, walking down the aisle as champ, one last time at WrestleMania. The Rock snatches the microwave and toasts to Austin getting his ass whooped at WrestleMania. There's a pause, and he starts swinging while Vincent Mann summons all the referees to break it up. That's not enough, so Crash Holly <laughs> and Billy Gunn and then Test and the APA emerge because if you want something done, you want Big Brad Brad. <laughs> Steve Blackman is there, and surprisingly, he can't do anything. I'd have stopped fighting right there and then. And yeah. gone, sorry, sorry, Steve. Sorry, Steve. Jesus. Blackman turned up. Everybody should have. Bowed a bit. How much fun would that have been is if Blackman rolled into the ring, suddenly Rock and Austin go, oh, 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 okay, we'll stop, we'll stop, we'll stop, we'll stop. That'd have been amazing. Yeah. Would, that, would that have killed the main, the main event of Mania X? Yeah, but it would be great. Oh, I would have loved that. I'd have put Blackman over like Rover. God, imagine. I think oh, we should make okay. it a three-way dance. I feel like it's something that AEW would do. With the great, yeah. with, with, with great love for AEW when I say that. I feel like they're the sort of ones that would have like Hangman Page and Adam Cole like battling and everyone trying to stop them and then like somebody like Orange Cassidy comes out and they'll go, whoa, okay, we'll stop. I feel like they'd do Adam that. Cole, sure, he lost to him. Yeah, and then go. got a title shot on the pay-per-view, just saying, cool. That, that's how it works. You're badly booked. I love your streams. Uh, they brawl and they get pulled apart through the crowd. And then after that, Trish listens to Vincent Mann complain about how hard his life is. <laughs> and then he sees Shane on TV talking to Jericho. Oh, no! Vince leaves to sort this out. What if Jericho leaves for WCW? And Jericho's like, you what? <laughs> Am I bollocks, mate? Why would I do that? Quick note on the Austin Rock bit. I made right. a few things. Um, they're electric together, aren't they? Oh. oh, my God. It's just undeniable. Like, the, the chemistry Rock and Austin have. Two guys yep. whose paths keep crossing. Like lemon and a bunch of wires, just pure electricity. Oh, my God. Just at the height of their power. Um, so it's a, a little roll call, as you say, of the people that came out to stop the brawl. Steve Blackman, Billy Gunn. <laughs> Billy Gunn was there. Yeah. Crash Holly, Test, the APA. Uh, APA come out late. Did you notice this? So they, keep the, so they let all the fucking nobbers get in there and the European champion get in there to try and split them up to no avail. APA turn up and they were the ones that pull Austin away. So I thought that's an interesting placement. By they're very protected. Yeah, they're very protected. So it's the APA that pull Austin away. As um, as I said, just like in 1990, just like in the summer of 1999, Billy Gunn is holding back the rock. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. Take a bow, Tom. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's all my notes on that bit. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> Rhino heads out to take on Matt Hardy while accompanied by Edging Christian. As the adorable Greyhound reminds us, the Greyhound of the week is Rhino Goring Leader on Raw. Oh, look at that little doggy. Spear her right in half. <laughs> woof, woof. Sexism. Hippity hoppity. <laughs> Never stoppity. Matt Hippity hoppity, one way, no stoppity. <laughs> no refundy, poppity poppity. Hippity hoppity, no refundity. No refundity. <laughs> Ooh, ooh, wrong way. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> ooh, ooh, don't Some restrictions apply. Matt Hardy's wearing an enormous WrestleMania X7 shirt. Ha, ha, ha. It's a bit of a kiss of death, isn't it, when you wear it? I mean, I guess someone shirt. has to be wearing it. Like, right, Matt Hardy, you can do it. It's like, oh, cheers. <laughs> uh, Rhino is promoted as being the last ever ECW champion and undefeated by Paul Heyman, which is true. Mm-hmm. Great <laughs> seller. He should have followed up because the last man I ever paid... <laughs> in 99 I was it's funny how small Rhino looks compared, compared to uh, the rest of the roster he should be would really mess with you that way wouldn't yeah, it yeah I just I've got this yeah it, it, 
I feel like looking at ECW footage and then WWF footage, a bit like I'm in Ripley's Believe It or Not. <laughs> yeah. In the sense that, like, I think I got a grasp on, like, or a purchase on sizes and distance and stuff. And then just incredible turns up and he's tiny compared to X-Pac. Yeah. And Rhino is like a bollard in comparison yeah. to Edge and Christian who tower over him. But if, but if anything, it kind of works for Rhino. Like I like it, it kind of, it does it diminish a little bit of what he was a tiny bit because he's kind of gone from being like this dominating presence on ECW to kind of being, you know, obviously he's a Rhino, but like a pit bull for Edge mm. and Christian. But I don't think that's a bad thing to have. I think yeah. that's, a, that's a character that complements Edge and Christian, like a snarling monster. And then Paul Heyman, you know, on commentary, beautifully always makes sure that everybody knows that Rhino is not to be fucking messed with. Mm. You know, and they had high hope. We talked about it, JR, in the Ross Report the other week. Like They've got high hopes for, for Terry Gerin. Like they want to rebrand him and they want to make him a, a, a top level guy at this point. There's a lot of love for Rhino in the WWF. We all love Rhino. Yeah, he's ace. <sighs> Matt Hardy... Get a quick twist of fate early, but Christian lands the unpretty while the referee is distracted. Uh, and that is the match. Oh, okay, that was yeah, quick. Yeah, not much Fair enough. Edge and Christian get a ladder, but take chairs by Hardys to get the advantage. They then get battered and get, hey, let's go get the tables. But hey, that's not your gimmick. And the Dudleys with a brand new theme as it's going down kicks in. Mm. They get the tables and 3D Rhino through it. Revenge for Spike. And that's just a nice little bit to go, yep, that, that's what we're doing on Sunday. It's yeah. going to be amazing. Not much here. Now, good tease for TLC. And I said, not much else to it. It got us. It got everybody on the show for Sunday, as I say, to remind them of, this is Sunday. All the other stuff's going on, but we've got TLC too. Mm. Happy days. Match of the year last year. Let's do it again this year. Yep. Then Vince asks Jericho, why are we talking to Shane? Don't you know he's the new owner of WCW? You're under contract, damn it. (laughs) Vince sees Trish and needs some anxiety removed. So, hey, Trish, for me, can you go wrestle Ivory in a brown panties match? Trish's like, oh, okay, for you. Vince and Jericho (laughs) having a little chat. Uh, Jericho says, I was just chatting, calm down, Junior. To which Vince goes, I'm not Junior. Which is funny because he is. Because he is. That's the funny joke. (laughs) I didn't write it down. It was so good. Funny joke. So Trish in a Brian Panties match to make Vince yeah. make Vince feel a little bit better. So That's can... right. Immediately after that, Undertaker appears. So I go, is it a triple threat? <laughs> Taker comes out and he's browing cakes. That'd be amazing. When you see the dog in the Brian Panties and you go up to it, it doesn't say anything. <laughs> you get a little closer and he rips off the bra and you've halfway won the match. Yeah. And you see it itty bitty Brian <laughs> Panties. Bitty. Cole wonders why Undertaker is here as a dog in the bra. Um, he thought he was in jail. Heyman remarks, he must have rang his dad, the best lawyer in that particular area. And he goes, of course, Heyman has a really good lawyer, dad. Makes a lot of sense. Oh, it's not the Undertaker. It's Triple H driving the Undertaker's bicycle. Like Paul, oh. Hay- Paul Heyman shouts, Undertaker is dressed as Triple H. How insulting. <laughs> that was good. Heyman's was on good. fire this week. Oh, and now he's smashing it with a sledgehammer, and then he pushes it off the stage. Take a good look at the last thing Triple H pushes in a few months. <laughs> and then, God, uh, Sting is all around this week. I know, my God. Um, he doesn't do much damage to the bike, to be fair. You probably have to pay for it afterwards. But I wonder, like, I kind of... And, and there's part of me that would have gone, 
I'm going to pre-break some of these bits. So when I smash it, it looks amazing. Yeah. I could not fathom the eyes. Someone like Triple H, maybe I'm speaking out of turn. Like Triple H would not, his bravado would not allow the bike, the bike to be pre-broken. Like, no, I'm just going to break it with my own strength. Yeah, but he didn't destroy it that much, really. You found like a nice soft bit with the seat and you hammered that because it looked really good. But yeah. that was a bad all. And then yeah. you pushed it the stage and the Japanese broadcaster this match Undertaker appears and goes oh my bike <laughs> you want my muscles would appreciate that I'll move on uh, Debs something 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 and then Stacker 2 burn of the week is Rock stirring Austin while disco no, music plays that Debs bit's really important oh god no, Go no I know okay because that is the segment where Vince goes I, you're no longer the Rock's manager that's where Vince goes, look, there's, there's, it's too hot and heavy. There's, there's too many elements in here. This isn't screwing with Austin, but I'm taking you out of the match at WrestleMania. You are no longer the Rock's manager. So, that, so that's, whoa, thank God, thank God. So it's important to, to note that oh. bit there. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I, I know you skipped through it, but like that's, so that's, that's oh, good. Man. It's a great bit because Deborah's no longer in that match. I can't believe I missed that earth-shattering kaboom. <laughs> Oh, no, no, sorry, that's after this bit. I, I didn't miss it. I, but I'll I put it a different way. But anyway, Debs talks to Vince as UPM was complaining about the ratings being too high. <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't miss out on it, Tom. UPM, the ratings are too high. If A, I bet they'd love some XFL. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not that low, not that low. Look how great Debs, whoop. Yeah, there we go. Perfect. <laughs> Trish heads out for some TNA, but I'll, I'll, yeah. Ivory obviously declines it. That's a whole gimmick. Mm. Anyway, the match happens, but Ivory tries to put put on Trisha's gear. Doesn't take <laughs> it off, which other's nice touch. But then seconds later, China arrives and returns and degloves Ivory, so she loses. Mm. And that's that. That's the big setup for the big match. Uh-huh. So Deborah, so uh, so China loses the so China wins the go home, so therefore Ivory winning at the pay per view. <laughs> Surely. She didn't win, she wasn't in the match. Well, Ivory wasn't in the match against China. Ivory versus Ivory versus Trish was the match. I know, but but it, but by by the virtue of China getting one up on Ivory, look at me getting so ahead like, of Smash. Oh, now you say it like that, like how dare you say that someone can like, just join a match and win it? This is in the hardcore title division. Yeah. <laughs> you itty bitty silly Billy. <laughs> anyway, Kane and Jericho team up, and then Heyman goes, "Hey, hope they can get along. Remember the coffee." I'm like, Great. wow, well done, Heyman. Heyman's a fan like we are. To take on Regal and Big Show, um, Regal can feed him crumpets. <laughs> Looks like he has. Big Show press slams Jericho to start because what else is he going to do A tope? <laughs> These notes. Tope, do they just, just that cup with chocolate on top? <laughs> Jericho gives Regal a rough-looking face buster before tagging in Kane. Jericho collides with an enziguri. After messing with Regal, Kane tries to choke slam Big Show, but then Regal interjects. So Show tries to choke slam Kane. So Jericho interjects. So Show chokes slam Jericho. So Kane clotheslines uh, off the top rope. Raven interferes and gets hit immediately, but Regal takes his fire extinguisher to smash Jericho and make him tap the Regal stretch. A very hot ending, but it's an et match with a white hot crowd. Yeah. God, they loved everybody in this match. A lot of love for Cool Kane. Not you, Raven. Rocking it in the final match before the best WrestleMania ever. Yep. That's why it was the best WrestleMania ever. Yeah, yeah. This was, nah, this was fun. Um, Regal out there. Regal gives us a, a nice line that they'll use in a video package as he walks out. 
where he talks about uh, a Chris, a WrestleMania. He's going to make Chris Jericho look like he's been beaten with a bloody hatchet. And I always remember that being a line <laughs> in the video package for the Jericho Regal match. Yeah. Regal going, oh, it'll look like he's been beaten by a bloody hatchet. Because it's weird how sometimes, I love it, like wrestling promos, like there's, there's 400 a week. But all it'll take is for a wrestler to say a word that is very, It's a soundbite they're looking for. It's a soundbite, yeah. innit? And it's just the fact that no one's ever referenced a hatchet. Every, every week says, I'll kick your ass. I'll kick your ass. I'll beat your ass. I'll kick your ass. Beaten with a bloody hatchet. Like You think this is about crumpet? You think this is about crumpet? Uh, after the match, Big Show launches Raven into the steps, just because. Just remind <laughs> you, there's a three-way happening. And then we end the only way we can, the same way that Nitro ended, with the fully formed, fully operational My Way video. Again, can't wait to, I can't wait for us to do a big sing-along when that plays. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. And then, on the go-home show... WrestleMania. Austin is leaving the arena while Tom's friend Kevin Kelly says, Hey, Austin, how are you feeling? And then half of what he says is just bleeped out in a weird way. Really cute bleeps. Blue bleep. Yeah, it's like, bleep, Oh, hang bleep, on, bleep. sorry. Uh, A30 fighters are circling the arena. <laughs> we evacuate at once. Bleep, 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 bleep. Sound like ET trying to phone. <laughs> home. Bleep, bleep, bleep. And then Austin yells, I need to be the WF World Wrestling Champion then leaves with a weird look in his eyes. That final look of Austin. So Austin, he's walking off, then he stops and he turns around. He doesn't look at the camera. He looks off into the distance. And the only way to describe the look on Austin's face is just pure evil. Mm. And I fucking love it. It's just like, there's a, like, it's almost like if you watch it back, like you almost can't see Austin's eyes because the way that it's lit... Like yeah. it's just dark patches. Like there's no, there's no eyes there, and he just—it's almost like a little smile on his face as well. Yeah. Like it's—it's it's been masterful. Like we, we don't like where it ends up, <clears throat> but it, this this evil side of Austin has been just ticking over in the background, and this final shot before WrestleMania is Austin just looking like the devil, and I love it. It's so good. It's just if you weren't sold. If you, were, if you if they hadn't sold you into the room by that point, I don't know what more you could do. I don't know what more you could do. I, I would be hard-pressed to find a wrestling fan. Obviously, if you, you know, some wrestling fans might not be able to afford it, but you know, cost aside, I'd be hard-pressed to find a wrestling fan at that point who didn't go, I've got to buy WrestleMania. Yeah. I'd be hard-pressed. Right. You know, hard-pressed to find a fan that maybe wouldn't have bought Elimination Chamber or whatever, but WrestleMania X7, unless, like, you couldn't afford it. I couldn't. And, and even then, I think you'd probably find a way. One of the weirdest things is I've learned over the years, uh, thanks to something about uh, something to wrestle with, I should say, sorry, mm. is that WrestleMania X8 made more money than X7. Yeah. Which I'm like, X8 is one great outstanding match. And then, but, rest but, of the show. But X7, the greatest main event, WrestleMania, blah, 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 all this stuff, didn't make as much money as that crap show. It's fascinating to me. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that like other wrestling shows have since gone on to make more money than X7 yeah. that, that don't deserve it. it. Was you think it was like the biggest thing of all time? In some ways, it is, it, it, and the end of a certain era of do we have to say the least. But it was just a, a very profitable show, and we'll have lots more after that. The way more profitable, it's like oh, well, it, it, okay. it did everything it needed to do in 01. It sold out the yep. the Reliant Astrodome. And it was the first WWF pay-per-view to do over a million buys. Oh. 
So there, there is. So there's, there's hist- history is on the side of X7 because it was the first that did over a million, mm. and uh, and there'll be many more that would do over a million yeah. in years to come. But this was this. Yeah. Is Tommy Hearn's comeback probably didn't have the same amount. Of <laughs> but you know what, Tom? That is a hell of an episode oh, that we've wow. just gone through. Uh, really what was, was. something? <laughs> almost seems f- funny doing that. What was something you remembered? Um, very forgettable period for wrestling. Uh, you do yours first because I've got two, and I, and then if which, if you do one of the ones I've, that I'm doing, do. three times already. But I think I'll do. What is defeat? Defeat? Yeah. Defeat? Defeat? That's a nice thing. That's it. So also the Vince McMahon's my star. Nice. I'll go with the Austin Rock toast. Uh, the okay. middle of the show, like the the slapping of the beers, the slapping of the beers, the fight, yeah. and just like just all that electricity between these two, just at its peak. At that point, mm. something you forgot from this show. I don't remember most of it. God, something that I forgot. Probably just Vince Man going, "Yeah, you're not in this, Deborah." Yeah, you forgot Deborah yeah. being pulled out. So I felt like, "What? How did I get rid of her?" And he's just Vince going, no, "No, just to sod off, will you?" <laughs> Basically, that's how they did it. Just piss off. Yeah, just you get off. you're in the way at this point. <laughs> uh, I forgot Triple H being all cool and handsome and destroying the Undertaker's motorbike. I forgot mm. that was a bit of the story. Um, particularly like... I remember actually showed video clips of it. They, Yeah, I imagine I'll watch the video package next week and I'll go, ah, yeah, actually, yeah, I didn't remember. But watching this through, when Undertaker's music hit, I thought, oh, he got out of... I don't remember him getting out of prison that quick. And then, ah, Triple H is a genius. He did it so he could smash up his bike a little bit and then push it off the side when he was annoyed at how little he could smash it. I think it's why they did it. But she just, just bounced back up. <laughs> Brilliant. That was SmackDown before oh, fucking hell, oh. WrestleMania X7. Next week on WrestleMania Saturday in the real world, you will have a watch-along presentation. <laughs> Crisis on Best Inf- time to be doing it. Yeah, what a time to do it. Crisis Ugh. on Infinite Arseholes as all the classic reviews come together to watch WrestleMania X7. If you haven't got enough wrestling to watch next weekend, why not watch WrestleMania X7 <sighs> as well with all of us? That'll happen <sighs> next week on the Cultaholic podcast feed. Uh, this week on the podcast feed, tomorrow, as you listen to this, uh, you'll hear on the podcast feed my lovely chat with a guy who's going to be at WrestleMania 38 this particular year, or next week, Sami Zayn. I had a nice chat with Sami Zayn. Wow. Yeah, me and Sami had a nice chat. Talked about um, the fun he's had with Johnny Knoxville. Mm. Talked about um, like sort of why he chose to stay with WWE. So we talked about we talked about him mentioning AEW on yeah. Raw that time, and uh, and I asked about if there was any blowback from that. We can find out when we hear Ooh. the chat tomorrow, exclusively on the podcast feed. Nowhere else but on the podcast. Yeah, can find that. What are you up to this week, gorgeous? You going to North Wrestling? There is North Wrestling tonight. I won't be there, but you'll be Aww. there. No, I won't be there, but you'll, right. be, you'll be there though. North Wrestling. So if you're in the Newcastle Northeast area. Uh, North Wrestling at Anarchy Brew, it, just outside of Newcastle City Centre. It's a wonderful night of wrestling. Session Moth Martina's going to be there. Sugar Dunkerton's going to be there. Um, Gene Money. Gene Bloody Money's going to be there. We have the return of Captain Stephanie Sterling 
for North mm. Wrestling. That's going to be a lovely time. It's going to be Leon t- Slater will be there. Leon wreck Slater. the ceiling again. Oh, with any luck, he'll destroy the ceiling again. That'll be an amazing time. If we're lucky. The North Champion Rory Coyle will be present as well. The bastard. The bastard. Uh, Liam Slater will be there as the well. The good one. Uh, the good one. For uh, I'd say it's actually a good night. They're not endorsed by Cultaholic, but they are in our hearts. We do love North Wrestling. So if you and then me and Tom, if this was enough for you this week, we'll also on the video that's already uploaded by Matt McMuscles, where he road test 2K22. And it's fascinating. It's a Online video. mode. It's a lovely video. It that... took us three attempts. <laughs> <laughs> Matt McMuscles, Matthew Gregg. Oh, and they took me in as well. That's nice. So we all have a, a lovely playthrough of 2K22. You can find out what happened when that did uh, on Matt McMuscles' YouTube channel right now. Botchamania in time for WrestleMania? Yes. There you go. Next week. <laughs> Hopefully, of a thumbnail I can use this time rather than, you know, an unfortunate injury making me have to change it and just oh, go white yeah. and black. Good luck, everybody. <laughs> anyway, stay safe. Thank you very much. I've been Matthews, being Tom. We apologize for the itty bitty episode of SmackDown this week. Who knows? There just wasn't much happening. <laughs> if you wish to complain about it, of course, you can find us on Twitter. He's at Matthew Gregg on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we're at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Fucking WrestleMania next week. What a treat. Love you, bye. That's a bow and arrow. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.